Live from Miami en Utrecht, this is the fan William Schorsnedo. Hello. Hey Schors, how are you doing? Not bad. I think it's warmer here than where you are, but... It's pretty warm here. Yeah, but the, when this uh, podcast is being released, it will be day one of the conference. Bitcoin 2021 in Miami. Uh, we're expecting like 12,000 people, so that's uh, pretty significant. It's the largest, yep. largest cryptocurrency conference yet to date. Are you impressed? Uh, yeah, it sounds big. I mean, I kind of like bear markets more because I think a subset of the people that go to that conference uh, will stick around for the bear market. And so Real men are made during the bear market, sure. MV, yep. <laughs> All right. Today, we are discussing the Bitcoin improvement proposal process the bit process that's right so yeah um the bit process everyone has heard of it although probably not actually like you said lots of new people in the space lots of people have no idea what the bit process even is so i guess we're gonna explain it to them as well um so let's let's start yours what what is a bitcoin improvement proposal aka a bip well it's just a document um, with a number that describes, that proposes an improvement to either Bitcoin, like the protocol, or you know how nodes communicate, or it can be more of a, a standard, like a wallet uh, format, or uh, you know the mnemonics, the thirty-nine or the twenty-four word backup phrases. That's a BIP, uh, or it can be a meta thing, you know, like BIP one and BIP two, which describe the BIP process. Are also bips right so yeah in a way this is a little bit of a meta episode as well because we have discussed a number of bips and um now we're going to discuss what a bip actually is and how the process works so yeah you just explained what a bip is it's it's a it's a piece of documentation for something in bitcoin that requires some level of coordination or that could benefit from some level of coordination do you think that's that's a fair summary yeah i guess yeah yeah so if you're yeah building- i mean one of the rules is that you should not write a bit for something that only you use yourself right exactly if you're building something patented for example or just something that's just for your wallet if you're a wallet developer whatever it is you're building and it's of no use to anyone else then that doesn't need to be a bit but if you're yeah. building something that could benefit others or that's useful for others to know, then you might want to draft a BIP so other developers, or maybe not even just developers, but I guess mostly developers, they'll know, you know, it, it, it offers a standard. So an example you mentioned is like a seed format for backups. So if you have one seed format, then other wallets can use that seed format as well. So people can easier switch wallets if they want, for example, or use some sort of standard backup device that that's sort of compatible with all these things or there yeah. could be actual protocol changes um you know how do yeah how do bitcoin nodes communicate with each other how fast you know let's say someone wants to um make a protocol upgrade that precludes miners from mining for the first nine minutes that would need a bit <laughs> uh, no that wouldn't need a bit <laughs> that wouldn't 
That would need a bip. Yeah, that would need a bip. Exactly. That's what yeah. I said. Like uh, any protocol change. This was something I, someone actually um, suggested on the mailing list the other day, which is not going to happen. But um, yeah, some protocol change, soft forks, hard forks, peer to peer layer type of stuff. A- anything that benefits others would, well, at least benefits from a bip. So uh, yeah, the the bip process. Do you know when it was launched? When it was started? Um, I believe uh, Amiyataki launched it in uh, late 2011 because the first BIP is called BIP1 yeah. and it's dated, you know, September 19th, 2011. Exactly, yeah. Amiyataki was an early Bitcoin developer and um, he, he, so he, he was getting, he wanted to be the Bitcoin development process. He wants to m- make sure that was a bit more transparent. Because up until then, you know, you had developers discussing the Bitcoin protocol and upgrades, and but there wasn't really any sort of documentation of it. So he wanted the process to be more transparent. So he introduced the BIP process. Uh, and I guess he was one of the first people to work on an alternative implementation, right? Lib Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. So there so. was a good reason for for him as well for for that reason to actually have some sort of documentation process. Uh, yeah, it, because it, for the it, most part, everything is in the Bitcoin core source code. If you want to know what the rules are, and that's of course not ideal. Right. So more recent soft forks have been written as bips. Yeah, uh, the, it was um, modeled after the. I think it was it, it was called the Python enhancement process. I think so. Pep. Wait, Peps. Pep. Yeah, Peps. I think. Pep. Yeah. So it was modeled after that. So it, at least the first iteration of the bit process which is detailed in bit one by amirtaki that was modeled i think almost directly from the pep process and uh, repurposed for bitcoin in a way yeah and one of the changes of course is that python still has a supreme commander you know a leader mm-hmm. a central authority so i think there was something like an appeals process or it's like a final decision maker in the bitcoin pr- improvement proposal that is not the case because there is no uh, nobody in charge so that makes it a bit more complicated. Right. So, yeah, sure. how does the BIP process work exactly? Let's say, you know, you have an idea. You want to, uh, you want you want miners to stop mining for the first nine minutes after a block is mined. How do you go about this? How do you turn this into a BIP? Well, the first step, as recommended by BIP2, is to talk to people oh, it, and especially so, talk so, on the mailing list. So before you go on, yeah, it is probably good to mention at this point. Uh, so BIP1 was um, drafted by Amir Taki and then a couple of years ago, the at that time and still current BIP editor is Luke Dasher and he, um, made, he created BIP2, which was based on BIP1, but it was refined in, in a number of ways. So that's why you referred to BIP2 just now. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to make a proposal, you Google BIP2, and then it says, hey, um, you may want to check whether other people think this is a you know sane idea at all, and if it's useful to them. So you can talk to people, or you can post it on the uh, Bitcoin dev mailing list. You should also do a Google search. Um, you know, to make sure that you're not proposing something that's been proposed a few hundred times before. Uh, but even uh, BIP2 says, like, you know, sometimes you can't find that on the internet that has been discussed before, so you may just have to post it on the mailing list, and somebody will point it out. 
Yeah, the point being, it's a good idea to first actually discuss it with people before drafting a BIP, because odds are your BIP has already been, you know, your idea has already been shut down a, a, a while ago, or, you know, like something existed, or it's just a really dumb idea, and, and it, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble if you first discuss it with some people who've been, who've been yeah, around for yourself. a while. <laughs> yeah, it saves yourself time, and it saves others time. So, uh, yeah, that's, so that's the first step. That, so that's sort of step one, sort of the informal step one, right? Yeah, and then pretty much it depends on what you're, what you're doing, right? But let's take something uh, uh, easy, I guess. Yeah, like not letting uh, miners mine for nine minutes. Well, no, let's take something simpler. Like maybe uh, um, this backup phrase, right? You, you want to BIP39, the uh, 24 words, and you have a word list. Uh, probably you want to write some sort of implementation for it. Yeah, but sure, how do we save energy with that? Oh, you still want to go to the 90s? <laughs> I, did, I didn't read that mailing list. Right? All right, go on. I'll, I'll drop that one. Okay. Go on with your own okay. example then. And we'll just keep wasting energy. That's that's a good idea. Um, so basically, you, you want to write the specification out in a document. But along with that specification should be, at least for some of the types of BIPs, should be an implementation that actually does that. Um, so that you can point to actual software that is actually doing something rather than hand-waving. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you look at a patent application, those are usually just very vague, very lawyerly. Like, that doesn't have to be a real product. But with Did you, did you know be. there's a patent for an elevator to space? I'm sure there is. And that's yeah. because so you, you don't so you actually get have to, to build the, it. So you can get to the satellite very easily? Yeah, I can there's, see there's the also, There's also a patent for, um, like, a, a thing that will swing a woman around to, when she needs to give birth and then... Like a centrifuge, and then the kid will just shoot out in a net. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> but yeah, I yes. don't. I don't think these things actually exist. You're right. That was your point, right? Yeah, that's my point. Because a lot of people will propose improvements to Bitcoin that cannot actually be built, and so it's nice to have at least some, you know, that thing. Yet you should actually write some code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the case of Taproot, I think. You know, there was a specification, but there was also a working software implementation. And generally, as you're writing software, you find problems with your specification. And as you write the specifications, you you may realize there's problems in your software. And other people will review it, and other people will presumably, you know, you might at some point send a draft version on the mailing list, and then you'll get a bunch of feedback from people. So that's the next step. So, yeah, hang on. So there, the so there needs to be some sort of... Um Example code or what? What's the correct definition? It, it doesn't I think reference implementation is the technical term, but yeah, pretty much. Hmm, okay, so that's so. First one, step one was sort of discussing it with people that uh, know what they're talking about. Step two is drafting it, including some code. Yeah, I would it, say so. Yeah. Okay. Step three. I don't know the steps are not actually numbered oh, that way. But the, the idea would be that you send that, you probably want to send that specification at that point to the mailing list or to a group of people that you think will give you good, good feedback. Mm-hmm. Because then the next step is that people will read it and give you feedback and find problems with it. And then it's your job to uh, to do something with that feedback. You ask the smart people if your idea makes any sense, then you draft it into a, a, a draft bit. Uh, you write some sort of example code, and then you go back for feedback, right? That's Yeah, pretty much. That's the story so far. What's next? 
And so once you've addressed the feedback and you think the proposal is you know good enough, mm-hmm. um, now it's time to request a, a BIP number, which yeah. is just a matter of saying, hey, look, can I have a BIP number? Yeah, and, well, uh, well, it's a little bit, little bit more than that, right? Like your BIP does actually need to satisfy a number of like yeah. formal requirements that are you know just a matter of doing it, just a matter of writing it up mostly. Yeah, there's some tedious formatting rules that, you know, are explained. Yeah, exactly. But All usually right. what people, I think, will do is they copy, copy-paste copy an earlier BIP and just turn it into their own BIP. Smart. So now now we have a BIP number. Now what? Well, um, I guess the process can kind of continues because now that it has a BIP number, more people will pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably get a little bit more feedback. Other people may, you know, if it's something that needs to be implemented, then other people may try to implement it. Now, if it's a soft fork, you know, that there's a lot more to it, I would say, um, you know, because that's a consensus change. Does it make the bit binding? Well, n- nothing is binding because we're still dealing with this set of anarchists, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. The Bitcoin community. Um, ultimately, what you do in a bit can end up in a piece of software. And that piece of software still needs to be installed by somebody. And they might just not like it, which is one reason why you really need to seek out this consensus. Because if you know, if people think that there was no consensus over something, they might just not run it. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to to point out that the BIP process and the the, the overview of BIPs it is informational. Uh, I mean, well, it, that's also a subcategory of a specific type of BIPs which we mentioned. But just the mm-hmm. whole thing in itself is informational it doesn't actually define bitcoin or even anything in bitcoin it is a way of communicating concepts but it it doesn't mean that now you know bitcoin in the end is still defined by people running the software and by the software they're running the bit process exactly the bit processes the bips are a tool they're not bitcoin yeah and a lot of these rules that are specified in the uh, BIP2 are just to make sure that mailing list discussions don't take forever and that there's some predictability in what's going to happen when you when you do something. Uh, but ultimately, if you're not happy with the whole way BIPs work, you're completely free to run your own website and say, hey, I, you know, I have a bunch of numbers and a bunch of documents and I have very different rules. And then people might ignore that or not. Yeah, that, that was sort of the next question I was going to ask, for which I, of course, know the answer, Shors, but I still, I'm, I'm pretending to be the journalist here. So, okay. Shors, Shors, what happens? Yeah. So, Luke Dasher is currently the BIP editor. What happens if he becomes evil? Luke turns evil. What's the problem? How, do well, we have a problem? Well, first of all, the, the, the BIP process is such that being evil shouldn't be a big deal because it's a fairly bureaucratic thing. Um, but there is some subjectivity involved always you know uh, some people suggested using a robot to do this but that just just invites spam and problems mm-hmm. um so an evil person could you know do things to the bureaucratic process that frustrate the community well then somebody clones the thing and just says okay now this is the new bit place and probably copies everything that already exists over right i mean so- that's not that's not ideal but i mean this is the same with it's it's even easier than forking the bitcoin soft software right because it really just you just clone the website and say here's a new website or here's a new github repo it's hassle but it doesn't actually do anything 
Yeah, so you mentioned GitHub already. Uh, the BIP, uh, the BIP list, the BIPs are currently hosted on GitHub. Is that correct? Yeah, and I mean it's a Git repository. Remember, remember? so everybody can clone a Git repository on their own computer. Mm-hmm. So there could be thousands of backups. So if GitHub decides to go evil, that is really not a problem. Yeah, they used to be they, they used to be hosted as wikis for a while, but um, I think it's. A long time ago, I think probably like eight years ago or something, they uh, transitioned to GitHub. So they've been hosted there ever since. Yeah, wikis are nice because you can do collaborative editing. But on the other hand, if everybody starts editing the BIP, then some people might not understand that something is already implemented. And they start changing the specification of Taproot right from under you. And then you get confusion because one node is implementing, you know, an earlier edit than the other. So it's probably good to have a benevolent dictator with very limited powers uh, doing the, you know, having one place to edit the specs. Yeah, every BIP has uh, one specific champion is what it's called, I think, right? Or maybe sometimes several, but yes, someone who's basically in charge of that specific BIP and Mm -hmm. who's, you know, who's responsible for updating it or taking uh, feedback into account. Right, sometimes when, for example, you want to fix a typo in a BIP or... Well, not a typo, but like add a picture, add a chart to it or some clarification to it. Uh, what the uh, BIP maintainer will do, then the editor will tag the original authors on GitHub and say, hey, you know, what do you think about these changes? And if all the original authors say, yep, that looks good, then it's merged. So the original authors are kind of in charge of the BIP, but everybody can help improve it. Right. Which is a little bit less anarchy than a wiki where everybody can just go in and edit it without anybody signing off on it. Makes sense. All right, I think this is going to be my final question for you. Shors, are you ready? I think so. So I think there are there are sort of different um, specifications of BIPs, that, but that's not quite what we mentioned. Is it like hard fork, soft fork, consensus, like these kinds of categories? I think you mean layers. Oh, that's it. You know everything, Shors. Right, so um, the layer, so you could be talking about a consensus change, like a soft fork or a hard fork. You could be talking about the uh, peer-to-peer network, so how nodes communicate with each other. Or mm-hmm. you can be talking about the RPC, which is like a part of the node itself. Um, and you can be talking about applications, I guess, like wallets and, and things like that. Right, yep, and that's all specified in the BIP. Yeah, and and I guess depending on the layer, there are some guidelines on what the uh, standard of quality should be for what you're writing. So, for example, when you want to change anything about the peer-to-peer network, I think there needs to be at least one implementation, but also there needs to be, um, in order to make it like final, which is one of the states that the uh, BIP can be in, there needs to be at least a, a number of nodes out there in the wild actually using this. That you right. can detect you know, right. as, as a as a gauge uh, to gauge whether this thing is actually being used. But the software is a bit more obvious that it's being used. You know, it activates in ways we've described in earlier episodes. But with the peer-to-peer networking, you know, not everybody has to upgrade at the same time. So nobody might be using a new feature, or everybody might be. Yeah. Did you ever draft a BIP? No, I have helped review a couple of BIPs, but I have not uh, written one myself too lazy would you like would you like to i have a great example that you could use as a bib if you want it's I th- this I idea think i know that- where you're getting to no <laughs> i would rather not 
imagine how much energy energy we can save yours yeah i don't have the energy though so unfortunately all right yeah you're not putting in any proof of work and i think that was our pun of the week anything else <laughs> no i think that's it for me shores Alrighty then well enjoy the heat and the uh, conference and yeah will... if you're listening and you see me at the conference come say hi yep if you're listening you see me at the conference it's not me <laughs> so run away and uh, thank you for listening to the van weirdom shores nato there you go